This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we are talking about the millionaire myth. Kind of a fun topic. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> With me today, I have financial planner Julie Chadwick. And what we did was kind of looked at some of the different myths and truths that are out there about how to become a millionaire. And we want to talk about some of the myths and debunk them and about what some of the actual details behind the truth really are. Right. And a lot of times you'll find that um, some people knew know what the truth is and then some people are just dead set that that myth (laughs) is not a myth it is the real deal that's right yeah there's a lot of people with very strong (laughs) thinking one way or the other so if you are somebody who uh, maybe would have liked to be on that game show who wants to be a millionaire (laughs) then this is definitely a good show for you to be listening to so um, there was a book that was written called the everyday millionaire uh, written by a guy named chris hogan And it um, kind of highlighted and went into some more depth and detail about some of these things. So that's a good read for people. Um, But the first myth that we want to debunk about becoming a millionaire is that wealthy people get lucky and make risky investments. (laughs) That's not how they became a millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in fact, no. It's all luck. (laughs) The truth is that wealthy people, most of them didn't get lucky. Now, there absolutely is some. That's true, right? Of course, there's lottery winners. Of course, there's people who maybe got a huge unexpected inheritance or something like that. But by and large, wealthy people didn't necessarily get wealthy by sheer luck. Right. It's, it's discipline. It's discipline and mm-hmm. it's a lifetime of savings and investing and, and being smart about your money. Right. So, you know, the, the thing about the discipline is that the way for most everyday people to become millionaires is to consistently invest over the long haul in their 401k plans and in their, you know, after-tax savings accounts and things like that. And the earlier you start, the better off you're going to be. That's right. Absolutely. So when we say consistency and discipline, here's the way for you to be thinking about how to build yourself up to be a millionaire. First of all, get started in using your 401k. As soon as you're employed and you have that employer that offers a 401k plan that you can contribute in, you want to make sure, first of all, that you're putting in at least the amount that they will match to. Most companies offer maybe a 3% or a 6% match, so you definitely want to go there. And we actually encourage you to go higher than that if you absolutely can. Very much so. So starting is number one. Maxing out the match is number two, and then consistently going higher is number three. So consistently going higher can easily be done and kind of in a lot of situations be more automatic. So if you kind of time it with when you might get a raise, if you get a raise, then that's the time to raise your 401k. Mm -hmm. Put more into it. You're not going to miss it because you weren't used to that money coming in anyway. Right. That's part of the part of the discipline where Mm -hmm. if you automatically start it, you're you're not going to be tempted to pull back on it if you haven't seen it. Right. And then the other thing is a lot of the 401ks out there now have some set it and forget it rules that you can do where you can just key into your 401k system that every year you want to increase your savings rate by like 1% of your pay. 
and then that will happen. And in doing it 1% at a time like that is very non-noticeable. <laughs> right, but it makes a huge impact on your retirement it savings. It does. It definitely does. So instead of relying on luck to get there, <laughs> relying on your consistent, disciplined approach to investing, especially in your 401k as a primary tool, is a great way to help boost yourself to that millionaire status. So luck could be the backup plan. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The other thing, though, is about them making risky investments. So it's not so much that people are making risky investments. It's that they're making investments in things that do have risk, but they're risk that is a... Um, like a guided risk. It's risk in something that certainly can go up and can go down. But instead of thinking about it in terms of I've got to have risky investments, you can think about it in terms of risky investments over the long haul tend to pay off if they are well thought through and have a solid foundation like what we call asset allocation. Right. And you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket and no. have all of your retirement or savings in a risky investment. And that's the key. So you can have a little bit of it. And the key, like you said, was long-term investing. Exactly. So if you think about like the stock market, for sure, we would consider the stock market to be a risky investment mm -hmm. because stocks can lose all of their value and markets go up and markets go down. You know, nobody likes the idea of the fact that the stock market can lose 30% one year, but that's the truth of it. It's I mean, that's happen. what can happen. Right. It has many times, and I'm it's certainly likely <laughs> to be happening again at some point in time. So from a risk standpoint, it's not that you can eliminate the risk, but you can you can wrap some guide bars around the risk in terms of having a strong diversified portfolio, having a good asset allocation. And that just means having your money in different baskets instead of all in one basket. Right, right. So I think that we've effectively debunked the myth yes. <laughs> that wealthy people get lucky because they're making risky investments. <laughs> everyone needs a little bit of risk and everyone needs to have that plan for savings. Exactly. Those and, are going to be your key. And if the luck finds you, then good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, there was a newspaper article, and it was talking about some tips that I had given for people, you know, investing over time, different decades of their life and things like that. And we were laughing in my office because the article itself was literally positioned in the newspaper right above an article from a guy that won the lottery. <laughs> And they were talking about how this guy, this everyday Joe, he won some money and he didn't change his lifestyle. He kept right. working because he liked his job. He invested the money, saved it, things like that. I just thought it was hilarious that our <laughs> article was right next to the lottery winner. And I was kind of hoping he noticed that and maybe would call us. Give us a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. All right. The next myth that I want to talk about is that wealthy people inherited all of their money. Like that's the only way that they can have wealth, right? They must right. have gotten it handed to them. <laughs> yes. And the truth is that, you know, trust fund babies are pretty rare. That is not the way that most millionaires today have created their money. Most millionaires are self-made millionaires. Right. Again, it's just making sure you have that discipline and you're building that up yourself. Right. Now, there is definitely inheritances out there. There are absolutely people who inherit money, and sometimes it's quite a bit and can boost them to a level of wealth that they've never had. 
And we all have heard stories about the trust fund babies that are out there and things like that. But that's the exception. That's not the rule. Mm -hmm. And when we hear stories about those kind of people, by and large, those people are going to have been um, trust fund babies from the get-go. Like their their families probably Mm -hmm. have had decades of wealth and things like that. But the majority of actual millionaires in this country are self-made millionaires, and they've done it by making calculated decisions, not by inheriting a bunch of money. Right. A lot of times we actually find out those ones that do inherit or have a big inheritance, maybe they weren't expecting or if it Mm -hmm. didn't run in the family or distant family, that they don't know how to manage that money, and usually that money's gone before you know it. Yes. That is the truth of it. You know, luxuries, things that they've never had before, (laughs) before you know it. Then they're in the debt realm. <laughs> so if you inherited money and you want to remain a millionaire. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then the, when you have windfall money like that, then what we actually think is that what we call the rule of thirds is a great mm-hmm. thing to be thinking about. So the rule of thirds is that when you do inherit money like that, the way to keep the money that you've inherited is to think about it like this. Take one third of that money and pay off debt. Because everyone has debt. (laughs) Most people sure do. Take one-third of that money and put it into some type of an investment that is for later, that is for retirement, Mm -hmm. that you've isolated and said, I'm not going to spend that till later. And take the other third of the money and go have a darn good time with it. Because you inherited it, yes. (laughs) It is absolutely okay Mm -hmm. to spend some of that money on things that you want to do right now. And the beauty of that is if you think about doing it in the rule of thirds, it does give you a good balance of saving for later as well as enjoying the money today and relaxing your mind about any debt load that you might be carrying. Right. A lot of times people think, oh, I'm just going to go pay all the debt off mm-hmm. at once. And we really don't recommend that because you need to split it up that way. Right. be more successful. And if you don't use some of the money to actually blow and have a good time, then probably what will happen is you will regret that decision and then you'll go blow money and have a good time anyway and put yourself back in debt. So (laughs) (laughs) rather than do that, be smart about it. Right. (laughs) But so that's kind of, you know, a way to handle things if you did have an inheritance. But the truth, like we said, is most wealthy people didn't inherit their money. Most wealthy people are self-made and self-made millionaires come from decades of living within your means. Mm -hmm. Decades of saving some money, primarily people are using their 401ks to do that. And also, a lot of self-made millionaires come from the fact that they have some type of ownership in the companies that they work for. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the millionaire myth debunking some myths about what it takes to become a millionaire and diving into the truth behind how to actually become and then possibly maintain that status of being a millionaire. Right. We talked a little bit about wealthy people are just lucky or they make risky investments or that they've inherited all their money. Myth, myth, myth. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a hard word to say three times in a row. (laughs) All right. Well, the next myth that we want to debunk is that rich people have high paying jobs. Well, the truth is that many millionaires that were surveyed um, in this study that we were following have never even made six figures a year. How does that happen? Well, it kind of goes back to what we've been saying. It's that consistent discipline over time. 
And so if you think about how to do that, it means that you have to be spending less than you're making. You have to be willing to set aside money to save for later. And you have to just let that sit and grow. Right. So that also debunks the myth of people saying, I'm never going to make it or I'm not going to make it big. I don't make enough to be able to save. Right. You can always save. Yes. And I think that's very true. So, you know, fundamentals of savings they they start in your mind when you're young, but if you if you didn't do it when you're young, it's never too late to start. That's one good right. thing to be thinking yeah. about now. And it doesn't depend on how much you're making. Everybody can grow their pool of wealth, whatever that number is to look like. So from the standpoint of that rich people having high-paying jobs is a myth, I, there's a second myth that kind of goes along with that, thinking that wealthy people have high-level positions. Mm-hmm. And like we said, the truth is most millionaires just have regular jobs. In fact, if you look at millionaires out there, doctors and athletes did not make the top three professions of who were millionaires. Mm-hmm. And you think that they would be right up there. You would think that. But here's here's who does make that list. The people that make the list are people who have some type of equity or ownership or Um, partnership in the company that they're working for or they're people that have worked at the same company for 25 30 years and they've consistently put away yes if you're looking at the doctors or the professionals or the athletes they might have huge you know huge salaries and you know more than six-figure salaries but they also spend beyond their means yes (laughs) that they do so here's the thing is when you have equity or ownership in a company, there's risk with that, right? Mm-hmm. It means that either you have traded sweat equity for it or you have actually put money into a company. And anytime you're putting money into a single company, then there's a risk that that company could fail and you could lose everything, right? Right. So there's definitely some risk involved with that. But this, you know, I think America was kind of built on the backs of small business owners. Right. You're going to work harder if you're doing that. I absolutely think so. There's more incentive to do hard work. There's more incentive to stay late. There's more incentive to make it work when it's your own bottom dollar on the line or it's a company that you have ownership in. Right. And if you have ownership in that company, you're more willing to probably take care of your employees better, have a good 401k mm-hmm. for your employees, that type of thing too. So you're going to be focused on that as well, which in turn will give you you know, a more solid company too. Yes. I was just having a conversation with a new client here recently and what they said to me was, you know, I didn't have any role models surrounding money growing up. I grew up poor. I didn't have anybody teaching me how to actually save money, what to do with money once I had it, things like that. They said, I've developed some good habits. I live within my means. This person was a, um, a married couple with four children but the spouse was one of the spouses stayed at home mm-hmm. and the other spouse had a good job, but it wasn't, you know, like a professional athlete kind of job. Right. And he basically said, I want to understand what are the rich people doing? <laughs> <laughs> so he basically said, teach me what the rich people are doing so I can learn how to do the same things, develop the same habits. And it, you know, there's not major rocket science to this. It's can be consistent be disciplined, be diversified, pay attention to your money. Yeah, it's educate yourself. Definitely. Work with someone who can help educate you. You know, look at things every so often. And if you have an opportunity for equity in the company that you work in, or if you have an entrepreneurial side to you 
and you want to go launch something and start something, that equity piece of it can be one of the faster ways to help you build wealth, for sure. No doubt about it. Okay. The next myth that we want to talk about is that millionaires come from wealthy families. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of already talked about that. Like they inherited all their money as a myth. The trust fund babies. Yes. Yes. But the truth is that most millionaires today, most people out there who have a million dollars of assets saved came from either middle class or lower lower than middle class families. Right. We find out a lot of times that they, because they came from that, they made sure or wanted to make sure that they weren't going to live that same lifestyle. So Absolutely. They worked, worked and worked to be able to save and put away so they had a better lifestyle for themselves and their families. Exactly. And I can totally relate to that. That's my mm-hmm. story. Yeah. I mean, that's my own personal story. By the time I was 19, I was a divorced single mother of two kids under two years old. I had no money. I lived in low rent housing. I was on welfare. And the decisions I was making, the choices I was making were surrounding, do I want to buy diapers or do I want to buy baby formula? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, these are kind of difficult decisions to be making with right. the little amount of money that I had. But I looked at that and I knew I wanted something better for myself and I wanted something better for my children. And so I I realized I had to learn how money worked. Mm -hmm. So I did go educate myself. I did go figure out how money worked. And along the road realized, oh, I'm really kind of like this deal. (laughs) You know, not only do I like learning about money, I like understanding how it works. And I think I could teach other people about this too. Right. Which grew into, you know, a national financial planning firm <laughs> and so you have equity and, and you have equity in that firm, and i own you? it <laughs> you've, you've got the sweat equity there <laughs> yes i definitely have the sweat equity there too that's for darn sure but it's you know i didn't come from a wealthy family i came mm-hmm. from a middle class family with one parent who worked mm-hmm. and then with the choices i made as a young you know teenager i got myself into a situation which was you know difficult but I had the wherewithal to get myself out of it, too. Not all on my own. There was lots of help along the way from a lot of different people. But it didn't come from the fact that I grew up wealthy or knew anything about money that other people didn't. Right. It came from taking time to educate myself and diligently working through that process. My husband always kind of jokes, and this literally is a joke, though. He tells my daughter, he says, you know, you're a really smart girl. You can do whatever you want. You know, the sky's the limit. But if you marry rich, then you don't have to do all that. (laughs) (laughs) That's always an option. (laughs) It's kind of that luck factor, you know. You know, if it's there, that's you know, that's you know, the second option. There you go. If you can find a good sugar daddy or sugar mama, (laughs) then I guess that is one way to become a millionaire. Right. Especially if you can talk him out of that prenup. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So when you are looking at your own financial position. And you're trying to figure out how do I go from where I am to a millionaire status? Or if you're already a millionaire, which many of our listeners are, and you're saying, how do I get to three million, three million or five million or 15 or 20 million or whatever your next goal with your millions is, then the truth of it is good planning is going to be an effective tool for you to be able to get to that next level. Right. Like we said, the education, learning about things and getting with the right people. Right. So when you are on your path to building your millions, <laughs> what a fun path to be on. That's like a journey we should name something. Like yep. <laughs> the path to building your millions. <laughs> then it starts with taking a really, really good look at where you are right now. 
because where you are right now is the foundation of building everything from. So it's not so much that I'm saying looking at just how much money do you already have saved. It's looking at what's the quality of what you have it invested in and how do the many accounts that you probably have actually all work together. You know, by the time someone comes to us, they usually have many accounts scattered around. Multiple advisors. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. They probably have their 401k. They might have a 401k or two from an old job. They've got an IRA that they have with someone where their brother-in-law used to be a financial advisor. And now (laughs) that they don't even know the guy that is the advisor on it. And I know people listening can relate to me saying that (laughs) because we hear it all the time. And... So, you know, looking at all the different pieces of it, now consolidation is a big thing. It can be very helpful to consolidate some of the accounts you have, and we, are, we can be very helpful in you figuring out how to do that. But the truth is you have to look at what you have, you have to look at the quality of it, and you have to look at how it all works together as the foundation for your building your path to multiple millions. Right, so where you want your life to be with that. Exactly. So if you are interested in getting some help with it, then definitely give us a call. We can schedule what we call a free value assessment meeting. Just It's just a conversation. You don't even have to bring anything with you. It's just a conversation over coffee or over a video chat or something like that if you're at a distance about where are you now? Where are you trying to get? And then we're going to give you some thoughts and, you know, tips about what you can do to get there, as well as if, you know, what it would take if you decided to work with us. All right. It's a great starting point. It absolutely is. So the millionaire myth on your way to building your millions. We've debunked <laughs> the myths. We've given you some fundamental truths to think about. And we thank you for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.